0: And welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 139, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, MTGGoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Joining me as always, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What is up, Richard? What is up, Seth? Probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all around content creator. What is up, Seth?
1: Oh, uh, what's going on, guys? Good to know you're still alive, Chaz. You survived the hurricane.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I really appreciate everyone's support. I'm glad you guys checked up on me. I'm, I'm just really happy, everyone. Um, you know, a lot of people I know, a lot of players uh, made it back okay and were safe. Uh, so I'm just really happy to be back. And uh, it, it was a long 72 hours. It was just really tough. Um, but I'm back. Really tired though. <laughs> Still though, uh, <laughs> after a while, like sitting like in the car, you just start to get really irritable, and it was just like was a nightmare that never <laughs> ended. Uh, because it was like points of the drive, it was just so like anything that could go wrong, it seemed like did go wrong. But I'm happy to be settled at least for a little while. And uh, yeah, let's sail right into Ixalan. Um, the crew is here. Everyone is in attendance. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, some huge announcements, some awesome things to discuss, uh, all while uh, reading on my really busted iPhone 4, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I could catch up and we can, I can hear everyone's thoughts, um, but so let's jump into it first, we have some Ixalan uh, cards to discuss, then we're going to discuss Magic Arena, Iconic Masters, and then some Fish Mail, so uh, Ixalan cards, take it away Richard.
2: Alright, we have a short list today because we have other meaty topics to get into, but we got Vraska, Relic Seeker, 4 black and a green Legendary Planeswalker, Vraska, 6 starting loyalty, plus 2 create a 2-2 black pirate creature token with menace, minus 3 destroy target artifact creature or enchantment, create a colorless treasure token, minus 10 target player's life becomes 1.
0: Ah. I was not happy when I saw this. <laughs> I really was not. I was so excited to see Vraska again, and the original Vraska was, like, such a cool card, and I was hoping maybe they make this four mana, and that would just be, like, really sweet. I can get an awesome, like, under-costed, black-green command uh, planeswalker. And then I just read it, and I was like, six mana? Okay. It has a lot of loyalty. And then I just read the abilities, and I was like, what? This, like, Makes, like, no sense. <laughs> I don't...
1: Th- <clears throat> I don't think it's bad, though. I mean, the abilities are powerful, but it's naturally kind of limited by being a 6-mana Planeswalker. Yeah. I- Plusing to make... Plus 2 to make a 2-2 is actually a pretty strong ability. Like, it's really good at protecting itself. You can negative twice without plussing it all to kill two things. But, I don't... It's still a 6-mana Planeswalker. Is it really much different than, like, the 6-mana Sorin or something like that in terms of how good it can be for Standard, I, I don't really think so.
2: Yeah, I think the plus two is too underwhelming for me. A 2-2 two, two pirate on a six mana Planeswalker is not terribly exciting, given that, you know, four mana Gideon, like, poops out 2-2 two, two knight tokens for zero. <laughs> uh, the minus three, I think, is the bread and butter of Raska, just killing random things and making treasure tokens. You can do it twice without... Uh, You know ever plusing it, but six mana I really want Vraska to win the game when I cast Vraska, but she's kind of like eh I guess double Vindicate or not even like double Maelstrom Pulse singular. I I don't know. It's just not exciting. Minus 10 Shenanigans for EDH like infinite life gain deck. Okay, I minus 10 you (laughs) Uh, Pretty cool, but I just I don't see why you would play Vraska in standard. It doesn't look strong enough. Uh, We already have so much uh, Artifact and Enchantment hate that cycles, so I don't really see the need for Vraska, so it's a little disappointing. I was hoping she'd be kind of a standard staple for Mana Planeswalker.
0: Me too. That's exactly uh, my thoughts as well, Richard. I I just... Yes, like, having a 2-2 for plus... I, I just maybe wish it had, like, Death Touch or something, something that would deter uh opponents a little bit more than than what it does already i mean yeah it can kill stuff but i don't know it just seems for a lot of mana not that powerful of stuff it does have a lot of loyalty it's gonna be really hard to kill
1: like it comes in you plus two and it's a eight loyalty so uh, i don't know i think it can show up i think it can be like the top end of some sort of maybe jund mid-range deck or abzan type deck but Still, you go back to like Sorin or something, like the same type of card. Maybe it's like a one of top end threat. It does do some decent stuff, like blowing up pretty much anything is a pretty good deal. So I think it'll see fringe play, but it's definitely not a pushed like Nahiri or Gideon or something like that where it's going to be the centerpiece of standard.
0: Yeah, I I can agree on fringe play. I could that I definitely can agree on. I, I was just more disappointed because I was just really hoping, like Richard said, of like a four mana staple standard planeswalker.
2: Yeah, I wish she killed non basic lands because there are a ton of transform lands. <laughs> oh yeah, which we're about to talk to uh talk about. Uh, we have uh one second. I gotta find it. Growing rights of Itlamok, tuna green legendary enchantment. Uh, When it enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it in your hand. Put the rest on the bottom in any order. At the beginning of your end step, if you control four more creatures, transform it and it becomes Itlamog, (laughs) Itlamok, Cradle of the Sun (laughs) Legendary Land Tap it to add a green Tap it to add a green for each creature you control So Gaia's Cradle
0: yeah, uh, this Better was really. A task for without creatures. Yeah, it does. Um, I really love. We're gonna talk about another one of these too, but I love all these throwbacks and these these kind of harken back to these older cards. I bet you have to do a lot more stuff to get to this point, <laughs> like to this side of the card. But obviously, it's a really awesome green card. I was really happy to see this. I was actually really surprised when I saw the back part. I was like, whoa. Um, I I, unfortunately, it does seem like a really big hurdle to get to the other side. Um, I'm kind of skeptical about constructed viability, but other than that, it seems really strong in like casual commander. Obviously, it's just even a watered down Gaia's cradle is still pretty strong.
1: I think I'm actually most excited for this card in Modern. It seems like it could be super sweet in Elves. Like, if there's one deck that can get four creatures on the battlefield by turn three, it's probably Elves. And we see in Legacy how powerful Gaia's Cradle is in Elves. You can cast, like, huge Genesis Waves or just overrun your Azuri a bunch of times, something like that. So, I think it actually has just shot in Modern. In Standard, I don't know. It is a little bit tougher. You kind of have to build around it, and the front half isn't that exciting, really. It's just kind of, like, not that powerful, but the payoff is definitely there if you can build around it.
2: Yeah, like, do you even need the ability? If it had no ability on the front side, it's just three <laughs> mana. At the beginning of your end step, if you control four more, flip it into Guy's Cradle, I think you would still play it. So, the, the ability is icing on the cake, and Elm sounds like a good use case. Maybe some Lingering Souls shenanigans or something. Some token deck. Maybe Black-White Tokens becomes absent. I don't know. Uh, but it has potential. Standard-wise, I don't know. It's a lot of hoops to go through. Uh, if you have that many creatures, you're probably winning. So I'm I'm not sure. But it's very interesting that they're bringing kind of reserve list cards with a twist on them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I kept seeing this term, though, thrown around. I mean, I don't know. People t- tend to stretch this term to suit a lot of their needs, but is this really a functional reprint if you have to go through like 10 different steps? Oh, no. <laughs> <This> is, once <laughs> you, can't you flip it, it's a, a reprint. functional
2: reprint, but, <laughs> but even then, I don't yeah, know. It's pretty hard. It's
0: not, yeah, but it, you have to you have to take into account the entirety of the card. Like, it's not. Yeah, once you flip it, it's this card, but it's you have to worry about flipping it
2: first. Is Lotus Bloom a functional reprint of Black Lotus? Right, right. So, probably not. Uh, but once it's not. in play, it's the same effect. Uh, next card, we have a another flip enchantment. Legion's Landing, a white legendary enchantment. When Legion's Landing enters a battlefield, create a 1-1 vampire creature token with lifelink. When you attack with three or more creatures, transform Legion's Landing. I need to find the transform side. Adanto, <laughs> the first fort. Legendary land, tap, add a white to your mana pool, two and a white tap, create a 1-1 one, one white vampire creature token with lifelink. To me,
0: at least for standard, this looks like the strongest of the bunch so far. Um, I have no problem with like, green cards you know, being hyped and <laughs> costing a bunch of money, but when I saw this, I, I immediately thought, like, th- this is definitely the strongest uh, I've seen so far. We haven't seen the red one at this point.
1: Yeah, I think it is pretty good. I think you definitely got to be an aggro deck, and I think it's pretty good in that situation. I mean, it ends up being kind of uh, like a Westville Abbey almost, the ability to just make a token, except it's way cheaper and the token is way better. So I think it actually has a lot of potential for standard. Again, the front half, you're just getting a 1-1-for-1, which isn't exciting. But I think if there's a, some sort of white aggro deck, you would definitely want to be playing this. We just haven't seen very much good vampires support. Like, I haven't seen a reason to be vampires yet. So I'm not sure where exactly it fits, but it's definitely a really powerful card.
2: Yeah, I, I like it for the sneaky ramp. So this can't happen because these cards aren't all legal. But imagine turn one, Legion's Landing. Uh, turn two, Raise the Alarm turn three, attack with your three Dirtle Dudes, flip your land, play a land, tap, play Gideon. Right? It's a 1-1 that ramps if you attack enough. And, you know, there's the bonus ability of making vampire tokens, which, you know, I I don't know how often you're going to do that, but just being able to secretly ramp in a token deck or something that goes wide, I think, is a big deal.
0: Yeah, Gideon's not... We would obviously have to have a payoff spell to replace Gideon, but... Did you use Raise the Alarm just because it's an instant or just because of the effect? Uh, because it makes two bodies, because
2: have... you need three Cause... creatures, right?
0: Well, we have Servo Expedition still, yep. don't we? Or something what's yeah. that card? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. it definitely... You just basically,
2: it's a 1-1 that ramps you if you attack enough, so it's pretty good.
0: Would you categorize this more of um, Kajori and Elpost, I'm probably butchering that, or like a Moorland Haunt Westvale Abbey?
1: I think it's more similar to Outpost. I mean, that okay. I think is the most direct comparison I can see. Although, it definitely pushes you to be a creature deck. I think Outpost was a fine card you could just play in a control deck and kind yep. of just make chump blockers. Not going to be easy to do this with Legion's Landing, because you got to have that critical mass of creatures to get the initial flip. But I think that is
0: still probably the closest comparison that I've seen. Yeah, Winbris Kites was was used, and I, I think it's... St- because you just have to attack and it was a strong card so I, I think this has a pretty good chance
2: yeah it doesn't end the game because westville abbey your tokens are kind of useless but you have the threat of transforming moreland haunt they fly uh, these things don't fly so it's hard to end the game with just this one land but it could stall you long enough for you to actually play something useful
0: and we don't actually have a vampire lord, do we yep. Uh, no. no we have that
1: hellridery vampire thing, but we don't have mm. a true lord to pump everything.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I do think this has potential to go. There. Even without as much support, I, I still think it is pretty good.
1: And you now. don't really have With to With more, do more support, it gets better.
0: Yeah, you're right, you're right.
2: Alright, last spoiler we're going to talk about for Ixalan, Rampaging Ferocidon, Tuna Red, 3-3, Creature Dinosaur... Menace, players can't gain life whenever another creature enters the battlefield. Rampaging Ferocidon deals 1 damage to that creature's controller.
0: Yeah, this thing is nuts. <laughs> I saw this and I was like, wow. What a card to be ramping into Hazarit the turn before. I just, it has so many abilities. For, and while it's not like Hellrider or something, it's, it's like doing some Hellrider kind of stuff. As has Menace, uh, so it's kind of hard to block. It's a 3-3, so a pretty good rate. It does die to Lightning Strike. But I love everything about this card. It's just, like, so many different cards. You have, like, a little bit of Stigma Lasher. You have a little bit of uh, Volte- Sulfuric Vortex. Maybe it's all of Sulfuric Vortex on this card.
1: Yeah, this card's really good, I think. I mean, obviously it depends on the meta to some extent, but it seems so good for on bread. Like... We don't have Blessed Alliance anymore, but people still bring in life gain spells. Approach of the Second Sun is a pretty big deck. That's one of the easy ways to fight against Ramanan Bread, and this seems so good there, and the incidental damage just really adds up. Nor- I mean, since you're playing the Lightning Strikes, you're playing the Hazorettes. Like, sure, you're going to take damage when you play a random stuff, but you kind of just naturally break the symmetry by being the more aggressive deck, so I think this card's really good. Even just a 3-3 three, three menace for three is not bad as it is, so you even get a reasonable body, so I expect this card to be super good in standard, maybe even be a sideboard option, depending on the meta in modern. Like It does shut down Soul Sisters if that becomes more of a part of the meta, so I don't know. I think the card's really good, though.
2: Yep. I really like... The interplay of menace and the damaging ability. Because it has menace, you need two creatures to block. So you want to cast more creatures so you can block. But when you cast a creature, you take one damage. So I really like that. It's like the first card with menace that I actually like. It's not just like a random keyword <laughs> thrown there. It's like, oh, you know, there's a point to this.
0: <laughs> See, Vraska's two two pirate. Yeah, I don't know why that. Is, why that that is like has literally menace. the epitome of let's just put menace on something.
2: So much better if it was Death Touch.
0: <laughs> uh, it was. It <laughs> so would be, be a million times better. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely agree with you, Richard. Yeah.
2: All right. That's all the IXLAN spoilers we're gonna talk about this week. Uh, there are some more, but we didn't have too many because a lot of the week was filled with uh, Iconic Masters and HasCon kind of took that over.
0: Yeah. So do you want, Let's just briefly get HasCon and Iconic Masters out of the way, so we can have as much time as we can to talk about like the really big reveal of. Um, Uh, Magic uh, Arena.
2: Alright, so... Iconic Masters spoiled. Amazingly, there was no leak before (laughs) (laughs) Hazcon. You know, Wizards had a little slideshow where they showed off some of the key cards to begin with. But then, uh, everyone else kind of just dumped their sealed pools. So, I'm going to go over the list of Mythics. And then I'm going to go over the list of kind of key reprints. And then uh, we can discuss. So... Mythics, Avicen, Angel of Hope, Consecrated Sphinx, uh, Necropotence, Omnixilus um, the Fallen. Uh, we have all the praetors, uh, Strolldred, Elish Norn, Vorn, Kleks, Urobrask, uh, Jingataxius, uh, Archangel of Thune, Kiki Jiki, uh, Thundermaw Hellkite, Channel, Primeval Titan, Mana Drain is a big one. So those are all the Mythics, and cards of big impact that were reprinted. Uh, we talked about Mana Drain, Ancestral Vision, Cryptic Command, Thought Seas, Mitra's Bobble, Horizon Canopy, Grove of the Burn Willows, Oblivion Stone, Aether Vile, Magus of the Moon.
0: Yeah, I, I think this was a slam dunk. Um, another really well constructed master sets. Uh, bearing the talk about what we're just about to talk about about the, the naming convention of this master set, uh, I think. The alternate art on a lot of the new cards was amazing, really amazing, um, and like Masters 2017, it felt very much evenly distributed top down, uh, and you're just there's just a ton of value uh, spread across all different types of rarities. Um, so I, I I was really impressed uh, when I just saw like hundred dollar card, hundred dollar card, forty dollar uncommon. Um, now a lot of these a lot of these cards prices will will definitely tank and there was you know likely a lot of these cards were inflated for not huge reasons other than just being scarce at this point but um, this should greatly alleviate a lot of these crazy prices on some of these cards and uh, overall i think you're gonna be really happy with opening up a pack of iconic masters So
1: yeah, I think it's a good set. Like, I'm very happy with the actual set as far as reprints and prices and making modern more accessible, but I'm also super disappointed because I have been thinking about this all weekend, and I cannot figure out why this is iconic in any way, shape, or form. Like it it doesn't even line up with the stuff that they said like sphinx and dragons and angel like none of that's there this is just like a a solid modern masters there's hardly even any non modern cards it's just i don't know i feel like the the naming and advertising of it as iconic masters was Pretty poor decision, because there even things they could have done, like put a counter spell in over mana leak, or put a lightning bolt in over rift bolt that wouldn't even have like changed the value or change limited significantly. They just chose the less iconic options. There's no grizzly bears, there's no giant spiders. There's it's just it's not iconic. It's not iconic. So that's my big problem. I think it's sweet. It's good value. Good reprints, but by no means iconic.
2: Yeah, I think I'll echo Seth here. So. There are Hydras, you have Savageborn Hydra, you, you have Dragons, Thundermaw, Hellkite, you have Sphinxes, Consecrated Sphinx. But those are not the iconic cards I'm thinking of, right? Grizzly Bear couldn't make it, like, you couldn't fit a 2-mana 2-2 in the set. Shivan, Dragon, Nightmare, to be fair, they put in Lord of the Pit, that's very iconic. But there are tons and tons of cards they could have put in here uh, that they didn't. So, to me, this is just, like, Modern Masters, but we don't want to call it Modern Masters and throw in some random you know, eternal playables. Uh, this does raise the question, you know, when when they initially released Modern Masters, they said, okay, we'll do it every other year, control the rate of reprints. And now apparently they decided, whatever, we'll just call random master set stuff and release them. Uh, so it seems like they're full on the reprint wagon here. Everything's being reprinted all the time, uh, which is good for players. Uh, questionable for... I guess, collectors or people, you know, with expensive cards. But, I don't know, I just don't like the name Iconic Masters. It didn't meet my expectations. I was expecting something more iconic. Like, it, it started off good with, you know, Channel Fireball and Mana Drain and stuff, but it quickly went downhill when, you know, you're hitting, like, Blood Baron and Viscopa and stuff. It's like, okay, it's a solid card, but it doesn't spring to mind when I think, you know, the icons of Magic the Gathering.
0: I'm also going to cosine and be the third one like three out of three I don't think this should have been called Iconic Masters yes you have a couple of cards here and there that embody Iconic what, what Iconic would mean in Magic the Gathering but once you go down the list it's basically 85% if not more a Modern Masters set with just some random like cards included that happen to be in other formats like Mana Drain. And, and that's fine. I mean, for me as a player, for someone that wa- doesn't want to pay $90 for Horizon Canopy anymore, who wants to get into more formats, I-, I think overall this is successful. But in terms of we need to market this as a, you know, this is iconic. This is going to draw people in. It's going to have all these cards from Magic's Timeline. I don't think that it got even remotely close to hitting the mark. So I don't want to overall like downplay Iconic Masters. It's still very good. Um, it's worthwhile to buy. Uh, it comes out in November, I believe, for the public, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, November um, 17.
0: Right. So, But it's just when you, when you think of Iconic, Richard really said it. There's Hydras, there's Dragons, there's Sphinxes. But not not the not even the ones, like, yes, they're in there, but not even the ones that you would think of, like, wow, like, I remember this card, you know, playing this, like, ten years ago or whatever. Like, Thundermall Hellkite, like, <laughs> I, I, I love Thundermall Hellkite, it's a great card, but how does it, it's not as iconic as some of the other dragons, like, over the course of Magic's history. Like, Consecrated Sphinx, there must, uh, maybe there's not that many Sphinxes out there, so that's fine. But I don't, I don't believe like even like Savageborn Hydra is even an iconic Hydra or something like that. Like they don't even have Sengir Vampire. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> no no
2: Singer Vampire. No yes, Air it Elemental. Have, like, Here's the yeah, biggest travesty. That stuff. Sarah Angel is in the set, but there is not a new art version by Therese Nielsen or something like that. Like they just use the old Welcome Deck art or the M whatever eleven art or whatever. So. They should have at least given new art to the iconic cards, or use the original art, not, like, the weird, modern, intermediate version.
1: So, yeah, now... Okay, go ahead, Seth. Let me let me ask you something about Thoughtseize in specific. So the big thing with Thoughtseize is they use the original Lorwyn Thoughtseize art. And I heard a few people that were actually kind of upset about that, because they felt like, with Wizards going so heavily into the reprint sets... That they should leave the originals for collectors, basically. Like you, you should have some sort of safety if you want to buy the original Lorwyn foil thoughtsees. That that's not going to be reprinted, especially since there's already new art available. So, do you put any weight in that? Do you do you like or dislike them going no. back to the old art for thoughtsees?
0: I, I don't. I don't like that argument at all. Because then again, we're just getting back to like so we should just have more we should just add more cards to the reserve list like cuz that's basically where that's trending to
1: well i mean you can play Thoughtseize with any art so i don't think it's like a great comparison yeah but there's nothing
0: sacred about it being printed with an old i mean in in terms of specifically Thought Thoughtseize, the old art plus the border is what made it is what makes it so valuable and lucrative and why like, people want to play with it i don't think reprinting d- the same art of older cards that should have nothing to do with anything. You, you were never given a promise that these cards are pretty much sacred with their art because it was printed, you know, whatever. Everything should be up for grabs.
2: Yeah, I actually agree with that argument. I Like, the, the accessibility argument is fine, but you can do that with new art. But this kind of just gives the middle finger to people who spent more money for the older expensive version. Like, what if they printed it with the old frame now? Right, so I think just having new art for these cards is fine, and if you're a new player, you just get the new art. That's fine. But if you want like the old school, because you're basically taking the only thing collectors had away from them, right? Which is the art, <laughs> and I don't see why it's necessary to do that. Like, just give the collectors their art. It's it doesn't cost them much. <laughs> you already have the the Theros Thoughtseize art. Just use it, right? Like,
0: I I guess. So this
2: kind of I... just slaps the collectors a little bit, but. It's only one card. Like We don't know if it's the new thing or not, but it's a little weird.
0: I don't know. I think it, it was just it, it, coming off such a sensitive time with the reserve list. I, I don't think you turn around and, and come on. There's no way they don't know about... This like yearly outcry of the reserve list, like they, they would have to be totally. What does to do with
2: reserve list? It's like no, arts.
0: because because that's exactly where it's trending to. Like oh, now there's like a su- so there's a reserve list, but now there should also be a pseudo reserve list because we can't print the same art. Like where does that even stop? That that just seems like where are we drawing the arbitrary line of cards that we're going to reprint? I get the reserve list; it's not going anywhere. <laughs> I understand. i I've, I've advocated it. I don't even agree with it. That's fine. Whatever. It is what it is. But now we're, like, getting to the point where, oh, but we can't reprint a card with the similar art? That's where you start to lose me.
1: Well, I think with Ozzy is... It sticks out to me because they have two arts. Like, I'm not saying they sh- Like, Bloodgast has the the same art it's always had. Whatever. Or Flusterstorm is a really expensive card. Has the same art it always had. That doesn't bother me. They don't have to, like, commission new art for every card. But with Thoughtseize, it just felt weird because they have new art. And they intentionally chose, like, the... The more collectible of the two arts, I guess. So it just seemed like an odd choice in that specific situation. So I'm not saying they should never reuse art. It just seems weird when you have two options to
0: choose that one. I, I can get that argument then. But I-, I don't think it's as much of a slight as, you know, folks are trying to make this out to be. As- I-, I think they <laughs> I-, I think it's fine. Well, it's just overall. the first
2: time they've ever done this, where they've reprinted True. a card with newer art, but they went with the original art.
0: Is this? Is this really the first time that? I think that? it's got
2: to be, right?
0: I Maybe it's just it because be. it's on a card that actually people care about, yeah. but it probably isn't the first <laughs> time. <laughs> it's probably not the first time. It's just a card people care about. But um, Well, I know yeah, I'm going to get I, some I
2: new thought seasons because I hate that Daryl's art. <laughs> I never wanted to spring money for a you go. So
0: So uh, there you go.
2: Overall, it's a win. <sighs> okay, so if what if they reprinted shocks or fetches with the original art?
0: I'm totally fine with that.
2: I think I think there'd be a much more massive outcry if that happened,
0: but again, if you want a premier card because of the original art and border or what or what have you, you have the option to do that yeah
2: like
0: there 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 is a point where there's there's still specific cards that are not going to be reprinted in the sense that they still have older or borders or what have you, so you can still go for those and spring for those versions,
1: yeah i don't know i could, i would just say i would have been super disappointed if i went to Hascon with the expectation of iconic masters being iconic cards and i opened my packs <laughs> and it was path to braveries and <laughs> restoration Angels I, and... I have
0: no idea how did even that seems so random to me the uh curse of predation too like where did that come
1: from yeah that, that's my that's the rare i opened in my first pack and i just like Throw my packs down and leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you guys yeah. think of how
2: the like the event took place and how it was spoiled? You know, we just had like a massive information overload of uh, basically that every I card immediately.
0: That I liked. It, it, it's it's definitely bringing it back to a time where information was not as readily available, and it it, it kind of preserves some of the older like pre releases going to and you don't really know what's in the set and the excitement of it. So I, I do like that they kind of that no weeks happened and we actually got that experience i liked it as a magic player but it was really miserable
1: as someone trying to do content like trying to <laughs> find the spoilers like on reddit and random twitter feeds that i of people i didn't even know and have never heard of so that part of it was challenging but it was uh, challenging but it was a pretty exciting way for the set to come out just as someone who likes magic to it was like the entire afternoon i just spent like bouncing from social media feed to social media feed trying to find like, people's sealed pools that they put, took pictures of. So I thought it was exciting, but it was really challenging to make content of.
2: Yeah, I actually didn't like it. I mean, if you were the one of the few people that played the sealed event, then it was awesome. Like, going in blind, not knowing anything, being like, oh my god, mana drain, right? But as someone trying to figure out what cards are in the set, it was miserable, because you're basically looking <laughs> at, like, 200 Reddit posts, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to figure out, like, what's what. You know, grainy pictures. Is that a mythic or is that a rare? I can't tell. And at the end of the day, there was just so much stuff. You can't really discuss individual cards, right? Like you barely finish talking about Mana Drain and thinking about Mana Drain and the next like 50 cards are out. So I kind of like the normal spoiler pacing. Although, you know, as the players, it's it's pretty sweet to, to go in blind. And kudos to Wizards for no leaks. Uh, I was very, yeah, really, very convinced that yeah. we would have known the full set before Hazcod, <laughs> but not a single card was leaked.
0: Not a single card. Yeah, I, I was really surprised as well. Whatever they did, it worked. So <laughs> uh, They just probably just kept it in a vault for like <laughs> six to eight months and no one went in there. Uh, but overall, I, I think, again, we're... It's pretty much like arguing how... It, it's like very, very similar to how my fifty dollar bill is folded in a magic pack. Like I get it. 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 I don't think it hit the mark in terms of what in try it tried to envision and embody of m- iconic Magic the Gathering. But overall, they should very, just call it successful.
2: Masters 2017. They should just did <laughs> next that. year like they mas- Masters 2018. And they don't need to come up with like anything weird adjectives um, to somehow encompass the cards yeah, in the set, so- right?
1: now interesting interesting question after seeing iconic masters not be iconic does this change your expectations for 25th anniversary masters now like absolutely is that just going to be the second modern masters set with a yes. couple more old cards thrown in and it's going to be just like iconic masters again three what five months later or something Absolutely.
2: No, it's going to be what we thought Iconic Masters will be. <laughs> that's where the new Art Sarah Angel and the Shiver really? Dragon and the Singer Vampire will be.
0: No, I think I, I think it'll just be another naming convention that will probably, like, some will be like be in line with it, but a lot of it will just be, here's a bunch more reprints that people wanted.
2: They're writing out a cards to reprint, by the way.
0: No, I, I think <laughs> it will shift back to more non-modern stuff, like, more, like, EDH stuff that's just randomly expensive or something like that yeah i agree i think that okay uh sorry (laughs) oh sorry what if you want go ahead Uh,
1: i was just gonna say i agree i think that it i have much lesser expectations of 25th anniversaries now uh based on iconic masters when i i don't have much hope that it's going to be something special and unique
0: all right um with that being said we wanted to really talk about the biggest reveal, I think, over the weekend, and that is Magic Arena. So, Richard, take it away. Um, I am catching myself up as I go, but this is really... My my exposure to this was like some short clips and whatever I could have read on my really horrible iPhone. So okay, But I'll, I'm getting there. I'll try
2: to summarize it quickly, but basically one hour stream with Gabby Sparts and Amaz playing Ixalan on the new Magic Arena, and it looks like Hearthstone, like as hearthstone as you can get. Uh, so it has like a, a custom kind of playing field. It's like 3D. Uh, the cards are condensed. It's not like the Magic the Gathering card frame, but it's like the art with power and toughness and a bunch of symbols. Uh, the lands are also like compressed. Lots of animations, lots of sounds. They showed us Carnage Tyrant. They played it. And then like a 3D dinosaur pops out and roars, Uh, planeswalkers have voice lines, all of that stuff for polish. Gameplay mode, it seemed like a simplified version of Magic, like uh, you would go, you know, you just click the attack button, you'd go attack phase, there was, uh, you know, attack with everything, Uh, but there was also full controls mode, which you can apparently control everything you ever wanted to, so you can do... Uh, you know, hold priority and cast things uh, during your upkeep and whatnot. And in terms of what it actually is going to be, it's a pre-alpha build. You can go register for the beta at playmtgarena.com. PC only on release, but it's built so that it can be brought to other platforms. Free to play, but they didn't explain how. Uh, It will focus on standard. All of the new paper sets will release in conjunction on Arena. Moto will focus on the older formats like modern legacy vintage and it will also have the new sets and gameplay modes they mentioned ranked matches draft events and casual constructed play Uh, but they didn't really go into details of what the draft actually entails or how the matches actually play but uh, you can go check out the the actual stream it's archived on twitch but i am super super excited i was ready to be disappointed beyond belief and I am one hundred percent behind the arena hype train. This will be the only podcast where I talk about a Magic Digital product <laughs> and not have anything negative to say. Uh,
0: I have to say, the first thing I saw was uh, this was a long weekend for uh, Lee Sharp. Uh, we were talking about memes the other day. What was the one where like it was from Spy something, and he's like, "This is fine," and the like the 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 buildings like exploding in the back. In the background, uh, that's pretty much what I imagined his his weekend was like <laughs> Lee's weekend, but um, I'll let you talk first Seth um, and then I'll give my thoughts.
1: Oh, uh, all right, so uh, I don't want to be the crotchety old magic online player I'm trying to uh, trying to avoid that, so i I'm excited to try out magic arena. I still am a little skeptical and I still want more information, like some of the big things that I want to know are what is actually limited going to be like? They said some sort of drafts, but the rumor going around is it's not going to be traditional magic drafts and be some sort of more hearthstone like you get a few random cards and get to choose one of those type of things. Uh, also pricing, we didn't really hear anything other than free-to-play, so like how do I get a deck of cards on Arena? So I'm kind of waiting for that information. Overall, I think... For being wizards, it actually looked pretty good. Like, it looks like Hearthstone, like a mix of Hearthstone and Magic Duels, but they seem like they actually did a surprisingly good job. There's little things that I could complain about, like, I thought the battlefield was pretty confusing, and they didn't even have much on it. I couldn't imagine a cluttered-up battlefield with, like, 20 permanents on each side of the battlefield, what that would look like. You can't read any of the cards. They're just, like, full art images of the card with the power and toughness, so you don't know what the abilities on any of the cards are. So there's some stuff like that that I was a little bit skeptical of, but at this point, I just want to wait and see. But I... I'm still pretty confident in Magic Online for the short term. They said nothing's going to change with Magic Online. That you got to judge how much weight you put in that. That's kind of what they would have to say, no matter what their plans for the future are. But at this point, I think that both programs can coexist, at least for a few years, and
0: then see what happens. So I'm with Richard here. I'm, I was really excited when I saw this, but mostly because it just... The very first thing was it confirmed that (laughs) this is not like some Duels of the Planeswalker thing, so we could get that out of the way. And it was exactly like what we were saying that they needed. I mean, they kind of needed this. I I know people are like, oh, Hearthstone, you know, did it really need this? I think it did. Like, it, it definitely needed to have a program designed this way. We talked about this on the podcast a lot that focuses on just a few things. And really, they can go from there. I, I think this can s- at least at the very least, like you said, Seth, um, coexist with all their other digital um, platforms and kind of funnel players into more of their uh, you know like what they envision MTGO to be in like two years or something like that. So I, I think this is actually a good thing for now that folks can start with Magic Arena, Like it and then go on to more platforms that are more expansive and have other formats and have, you know, high um, profile tournaments and stuff like that. Um, But this is again all bearing on the details of this, you know, Magic Arena can't do this. So uh, to me, though, um, and this is just kind of me looking at where I feel this could be going, I feel like if Magic Arena can be built upon from here. I I just don't see a reason why they would continue MTGO or something like that, um, or or make you know anything else. If if Arena is able to do all the other things, then it'll just be Magic Arena, and then that'll be the shift from you know everything will just go back to MTG Arena.
2: Yeah, Moto is done, It is one hundred percent done. They're not saying it because they they yeah. just can't kill their cash cow. But I fail to believe that they haven't built this with the mind of supporting modern cards, right? It's a bit different. Like, when they built Moto, they didn't have any idea that, oh, cards can have, like, four states. You can be, like, front side, back backside, morphed, manifested, whatever, right? So it's hard to program the rules, but now they have such a large pool. They know what designers are thinking. I don't see it being as hard to get new cards into the system. I don't see how they make this the face of magic and then expect to broadcast the Pro Tour on, like, Moto V4. Uh, You know, and, you know, even in the worst-case scenario where, say, they don't actually ever support, say, Modern on Arena, I think you would just never play Modern, right? I think you would play this. It's so much smoother. The gameplay, in in addition to looking better, it's just so much faster, right? You say, oh, I want to cast uh, Carnage Tyrant, you just drag it out, it taps six lands automatically, and you've cast it in like half a second. On Moto, you gotta click six lands, uh, click your guy, click okay, and then you've casted it. So it's just so much faster than Modo uh, because of the shortcuts. And so just to <laughs> oh appease Seth, God. you can turn on full control mode and tap your six lands manually yep. if you felt like it, right? That's, yep.
1: that's one of the things I'm most concerned about. So on Magic Online, you actually have a lot of control over what the game does. Like, you can set stops on your opponent's upkeep, on your draw step, or not have them set. From what we can tell of Magic Arena, it's either you have zero control. Literally, you can't tap your land, so you just hope that the program taps and leaves up the correct amount of mana the right colors of mana that you can do everything you want to do which based on magic duels that's <laughs> that's not a guarantee that it will do that you might not be able to leave up your counter spell because it just I don't know taps the first lands from left to right or something or you don't have or you just have every stop set which means it's going to be really hard to play effectively without timing out and that's another thing that I have not got an answer to It sounded like they were saying that it's set up to be a turn timer, where you have so much for a turn, and then if you don't use all your time, that kind of gets added on to future turns, which would, if that's what it is, it means combo decks are dead. Like, you can't play Storm, you can't play Paradox Engine. No, no,
2: I think when they alluded to that, they were specifically talking about Storm, so it's not like a fixed timer for every turn, But it's some kind of, like, banking system or something so that you can take the big turn. That takes a lot of time. Yeah, But I'm not too worried about this because WotC is full of Magic players. They'll make their decks work, right? The more concern (sighs) was, like, like, does it look good? Does it play smooth? Which traditionally Wizards has sucked at. right? Wizards has been really good at, you know, making Magic play like Magic but they've been sucking on all the other parts, right? So the fact that it shows promise in the parts they're bad at is very, you know, looks very good to me. I'm I'm assuming, you know, Ryan Spain or whatever is not going to be like, yeah, we're just going to kill all combo decks. We don't need combo (laughs) decks. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, right?
0: It was a relief that this was, like, this was overall a success for me and that I saw that they can enter this you know enter the digital i guess like catch up to anyone everyone else at this point uh in this digital space and and create something like this so everything that they've been building towards um partnering with all these different uh studios has led to i, I think an overall i mean this is this is successful this is what they needed to show that they're like a legitimate player in this whole esports like you know they kept talking about this they kept pushing about this but they didn't have something legitimate to show that they are a player in this space. I mean, how do you say we're like thriving, you know, striving to be esports and like get you know build up to this point, and then you have current Moto. I mean, it just like didn't. It was a it was a joke. I, so to me, this felt more intuitive. This is exactly what I said that this needed to happen. It's more intuitive. It played a lot better. It played like an app in you know 2017 in the 2017 era. And it to me it it will be able to appeal to more people, and it still has the functionality of all older players like yourself, Seth, who who already was begroning like, "Well, what if it doesn't tap the right lands and this, that, and the other thing?" It has that option.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll see. At this point, I'm waiting to see. I definitely admit that it well, looks yeah. a lot better than I was expecting. There, but like it I plays
0: said, there's some better. little things. It's so much. It, faster, it played better. Right? It, it did. that's definitely that's not even a debate can you
2: imagine that same match on moto maybe we should do that maybe we should reconstruct this match on moto just to see the time difference
0: but not only aesthetically it it would not even be appealing to streaming and and that kind of uh you know that realm but it, it just doesn't it was so clunky it doesn't even feel the same I think this is where the wait and see part comes
1: in for me. Let's wait. I want to wait and see what it's like. If it is true that everything works like real magic and you can think through your plays and you can play storm combo decks and they don't go about changing magic to try to make arena work, which I think is a real concern. Like we already see it happening. Uh, Burning Sun's Avatar. The new card from Ixalan, when it enters the battlefield, it does three damage up to one target opponent and three damage to a target creature. On Magic Arena, it says it deals three damage to an opponent or to a planeswalker uh, and to a
0: creature. So I'm thinking they're they, changing
2: the rule for paper.
0: Oh, they're definitely changing Because that
2: rule makes no sense.
0: <laughs> they, had, they Didn't Tayback say something with that? or I might be misrepresenting that, but I, I believe that they are moving to that direction.
1: Well, I mean... I, I guess, but are they moving that direction because of Magic? Like, are they simplifying yeah. and watering down the game because they didn't want to program Planeswalker <sighs> Redirection? Into no like, are we already seeing it's, the start no. of Paper Magic being destroyed Even, wait, to simplify uh, it for no. Magic? No no, okay. no, 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 okay. okay. No, Here's no, no.
2: why, right? They have to have the Redirection rule because all the old cards yes. say Target Player, right? But with Digital... You can just change the oracle on all the old cards yes. to say player or planeswalker. Therefore, you know because that rule makes zero sense. Explain to a new player that if you want a lightning bolt, Jace, you Dang actually you. got to lightning bolt your face and redirect, right? Like it, it's just really unintuitive. But you, it's, you
0: can actually even mess it up in moto.
2: It's for the old cards. It is. I've <laughs> I have not applied damage shields or not redirected like a million times. <laughs> oh. So I think that's. That's actually because because it's digital. Yes. All the Oracle text is updated, so it's not a problem anymore. They can actually make that rule change.
1: So so what happens when in, when next it's counterspell is oracled to be a secret, <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you just like stick it down there hey. and it pops up when it feels like. Hey. It.
2: <laughs> okay, okay, you can shuffle your hand, right? Does that not alleviate concerns as a real magic player?
1: That that makes me feel a little better, because you- I constantly get yelled at for doing that on Modo, so. <laughs> uh Basically, I think it looks good. I am excited for the potential, but I want to wait and see what the details are like. I'm also expecting that once we see pricing, players are going to be shocked. Because so many people, their big argument and thing they want about this is they think it's going to be super cheap. But if you look at Hearthstone, and that's the model Wizards is going after it's actually more expensive to play hearthstone than it is to play standard Like it's $800 a year or something to keep up on standard hearthstone so I don't know, I think people might be surprised by how much so money I, they I have to put into this I personally pay
2: play. that much more just to get these features like ranked <laughs> yeah. 1v1 is yep. something I've been wanting forever uh, today there's no incentive for me to improve as a magic player. It doesn't I'm not gonna win a grand prix like that's out of my realm. <laughs> but if I can grind from gold to platinum, I'm gonna do it. Yep. Right. If I'm gonna get diamond and get a new card back, let's go. Right. <laughs> yep. Whereas like, are you gonna win the pro tour? No. So I'm not. I'm not gonna bother. You know, Trying yeah, to improve. It, it, right.
0: Exactly. And this this is exactly what they needed. This that whole ranking system and rewards at the end of a season and they can make seasons like five months long or three months long or something like that plus all the micro transactions you can have like cool backgrounds and and cool borders for your planeswalker image or what have you that is like where this needed to be
2: all right so wait wait Qu- quick question so let's say they sure. reveal pricing and the price of a booster is the price of a real magic booster
1: why would you I ever would do, do that instead of playing Moto when your real magic booster contains real money?
2: Well, Moto is of shut off at this point, so <laughs> you don't get the choice. So, the real question is what do you expect? What would the price of a pack have to be for you to be happy with this platform?
1: I mean, considering
0: that it's all. Apparently, $4. Are, what's the price of a pack?
2: $3? $4? Yeah, it's like
0: $4. $4, $4 is too yeah.
2: much. Is $3. That's enough? too much. It, it would
0: have to be like 2 50 or 3
2: because remember, magic cards. There's double the number of magic cards compared well, to a Hearthstone pack. They don't. Pack. They don't
0: have to do it like that. Wait, <laughs> like, what? They they could just be like, here's a draft, and it's X amount.
2: No, but for getting cards reconstructed, so they definitely oh, said oh, there will oh, be booster oh. packs. Oh, right, because right, it's right, magic.
0: Right. Um, right. also, I mean, yeah, I think it, it would be... have to be
1: oh. pretty
0: inexpensive.
1: Will they even be traditional packs? Like, it could oh, be three packs. It too. could be eight card that packs. That is a good question. We don't really know. But, You're right. I mean, I um, think they got to be what yeah. Hearthstone is. And I'm trying to look up exactly what a Hearthstone pack costs right now. But I think I, it has to be super cheap. I think Hearthstone packs, you pay, like, get 50 for, they're like a dollar a piece or something, right? They're
0: like a 150 gold or something like that?
2: Is it one fifty gold? Oh my god, who's I played Hearthstone it's 150 recently? <laughs> gold.
1: But you can get them if you pre-order them. You can get like oh a hundred for seventy-five bucks. or so Yeah, like some that, really they,
0: they have discount. to be somewhere around there. Yeah, that pricing I mean, to to be competitive. So like a
2: dollar a pack? Yes, somewhere it can't around be four dollars right?
0: because it can't be four dollars. There's yeah. no way to redeem any of these cards. It's all digital, so they it would have to be like at least eighty percent discount.
2: So for Hearthstone, they're one fifty per pack, okay. and it goes down to like. A dollar fifteen if you buy like a lot.
0: Yeah, not that's, counting that's weird like,
2: Amazon promos and. Whatnot. Yeah, that's
0: similar to what they need to be. Yeah, I think they got to be
1: in that range because unlike Moto, like Chaz was just saying, it's all a it's a sunk cost. Like no trades. Mm-hmm. So you never get that money back out. On Modo, you can kind of justify spending $500 on a deck because you can get that $500 minus 10% back out or something. It's going to be a very different system on Magic Arena with it's no trade. You, you it's,
2: justify it's it also, for the fun you're about to get. Like, do yeah, you know how much also, people spend on League of Legends skins? <laughs> like, It literally does nothing yeah. for you. No, so I don't think getting money out of Magic players kind of like... Irreparably, but
0: you still have to have it a re- like you still have to have it reasonably costed to just have people continue to invest into it. I mean, because
1: yeah. if it's like three times, if they kept it at four dollars and it costs three times as much as Hearthstone, and you're getting essentially yeah, you, Hearthstone with magic yep. cards. A lot of people are going to play Hearthstone. Yeah, like some hardcore point. Magic players will do that, but the casual person is going to be like, well, why would I pay three times as much for
0: what is essentially the same game if you're not invested into Magic already? Also, the main thing, and this is where I'm starting to tend to really consider what Richard's saying to be truthful, of where this... like It could go a couple different ways, but this is why I'm with Richard in it leaning this way of adding more stuff to Magic Arena, because... At this point, what do you do with all your old cards? There's no other formats. Do you get to just, like, recycle all your cards into new cards?
2: Oh, speaking of which, this is where Frontier is. The birth of Frontier will be IXALON forward with Magic <laughs> Arena. Write See, it down, folks. Be. Write it yeah. down. They're going to yeah, be like, that we're going to implement best part. Wild, yep. and then cross that out, and we'll call it Frontier. <laughs> and uh, it's going to start with Ixalan.
0: That is a Yeah, but it's a great question, because if if there's no... I don't even remember what you would do in Hearthstone uh, when it first came out. I can't even remember. Was there Nothing. even more than one format? No, no you can. I
2: think there was only one right? format. Oh, it was and just then the one when format. When they had rotation, they they added in wild.
0: Yeah. Hello. So in order in order for Magic Duels to keep or Magic Arena to keep going with new sets, because eventually Ixalan will have to leave because it won't be in their current standard anymore. So it's either do you keep do you either keep building on Magic Arena? Or you'd have to have a way for folks to recycle all those cards into new cards. Yep. So I, I think, you know, I'm definitely with Richard on this. Is this is just the start? This is just the tip of the iceberg of where Magic Arena goes. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I we'll see. I really enough, want to get into the beta. I been really want to.
1: Disasters of Wizards and digital that. I, I got to take a wait in Seattle, attitude. Like, yeah, yeah could they add legacy that's... to Magic Arena? Maybe, but it took them 10 years to get leagues on Magic Online. So, like, <laughs> where's our <laughs> expectation with things like that
0: when it comes that, to that Magic is a, Arena? Yeah. And that's a valid point, but I, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. And um, I think... You know, inherently they would have to have built this to be expanded on. I, I just can't like for now. I think it's great that it just focuses on a few things, and if it does them well, it will be very successful. But I think in order for it to continue to grow, um it has to grow and and expand on what it's already doing. Yeah. It just has
2: there, to. There's no way they sat down. They're like, yeah, in five yeah, years, no we way. want two different platforms to split all of our players. One that looks like it's from 1990 yep. and one that we put all our money in. Like, there's no way, right? They're just saying <laughs> yeah, that there's... so you don't panic right. sell and never buy a Moto card again because yeah. you're still, you know, one, two, three years out from this new platform. They can't yeah. kill their, you know, their cash cow, right? So, Absolutely. I think this I think... is just all marketing speak, but I just can't... Like, w- only one will succeed. It doesn't Either arena us... will fail or yeah. Moto will fail, right? Only right. one will succeed. And I
0: can't see them revamping moto uh, that will only happen if and if marina is a complete bust but i can't see that even happening
1: i think we'll have to see the finances too not that we'll probably get too. those numbers but if they are charging two dollars a draft instead of fifteen dollars a draft you need a lot more players to be paying two dollars when you consider all the costs to make up that income so it'll be really interesting to see if uh, if it's more successful financially than Magic Online is for them, with presumably a much cheaper pricing model.
2: Yeah, but they make way more form. on uh, Constructed Play because now there will be no bots and eBay and mm-hmm. whatnot taking yep. kind of the, the secondary market, because there is no secondary market. It's just coming Everything all directly back from, from WotC right yep. into their bank account.
0: How you collect cards is only through them. So I, I think they will recoup, especially on a volume scale but also they're just the entire platform catering everything to go back into their pocket so i'll tell you, do you where they think screwed up happens.
2: though oh go ahead oh, oh wait one thing the avatars are kind of off to the side and not important you can't sell golden avatars if you do that <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be front and center Yep. it's got to be you know your special your special icon that you foil can foil
0: promo you know your foil animated jace or whatever has to be front and center i do agree. yeah like
2: Participate in the Ixlan pre-release, get a foil Vraska pirate hat or whatever, right? Yeah, like so they they, they should fix that to maximize money earning potential in the future.
0: <laughs> yeah, all great things. Um, I do believe they are taking sign ups for beta. I highly urge everybody, as many people as can possibly sign up, to sign up because this will be, uh, this this really needs to be rigorously like tested and and, and as much feedback as possible. So when do you uh, for, think in order this will be successful?
1: this will be on the market, not the closed beta. when will there be official release of
0: Arena I believe hearthstone and I, I think I think more generally these betas tend to last a little bit more than a year like a year, maybe two years so we're like it's at generally a while. in that ballpark yeah it's generally in that ballpark.
2: Yeah, I think about probably a year. I mean, it yeah, looks I think pretty polished. It looks pretty yes. done in terms of actual playing Magic, but they probably haven't done any of the other game modes and all that stuff. Yeah, because
0: again, at, 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 I mean, not that like this is new for anybody who's been playing games in 2017. It's so it, it's not as hard to change things. Like, if there's really catastrophic problems, you just patch them. Like, it, it's it's. I'm, it's like gonna be a new frontier for uh, no pun intended, uh, but uh, for magic players that like, oh, this like really can be something great. I- I'm very excited
2: for it. I'm very excited because it will siphon Hearthstone players. This could be the yes. quote unquote death of Hearthstone. It could be. If it plays well just, just as well as Hearthstone, and people play Hearthstone yeah. and they're like, oh, Control Warrior. I don't know what the, la- the latest meta complaint <laughs> is, right? But oh, this <laughs> game's too simple. It's all RNG, right? Oh, you yep. need to play Magic, a skill based game. And it feels and plays, you know, the same. It doesn't look like it's from 1990, but the actual gameplay is much better. People might switch over. Because today it's I'm a, a Magic homer, sell to go from Hearthstone yeah, there's to to no moto. Way.
0: Magic has the best game. They have the best product. They have the best game, hands down. It's like not even a debate. So uh, if it's even remotely close, and that's what we've been saying for a long time. If it's remotely close, like, this could be a serious contender. It'll be
1: interesting to see if it brings back Kibbler and some, uh, there's who's it? Reynard? Is he the other Magic player who's now a big Hearthstone streamer? It'll be interesting to see if those type of players...
2: Uh, it won't until there's an audience. They make so much more money. Yeah. <laughs> if they want to play superior it, games, it has to be more be magic yeah. But they want to bring in the streaming dollars, so they'll play uh, Hearthstone. I mean,
0: they could also come back if it's their wor- if if Magic or Wizards makes it worth their while, so <laughs> they'll come back in a, in a second if, uh, they're willing to pay. You're gonna
2: need the Pro Tour on Magic Arena. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they already got a Maz. <laughs> you, you think it was a coincidence that he got a special invite to Pro Tour Ixlan that yeah. he's kind of in the demo, like literally in the demo for the live stream of it. Like, oh, they're, it, they're, it's they're not a coincidence.
1: Going, they're clearly going after the Hearthstone audience. Like, that's there's no doubt about that. So hopefully it worked. I mean. I hope that Magic Arena is a great success, and it brings in tons of new players, drives attendance, and the player base. And I hope that's what happens, even if it means that I have to change with the times and give (laughs) up Moto eventually. Like, if it's
0: a good thing for the game overall, then that's great. So yeah, Moto will definitely stick around for a little longer. Um, It's not going anywhere tomorrow, uh, but for now. Arena is a good thing, like, it's a good thing that Arena will exist because it will continue to bring people into MTGO.
2: What do you think this does to Paper Magic? Does this kill Paper Magic?
0: No, it'll just keep continuing to drive people into every aspect of Magic. I mean, I think Paper will suffer a little bit, but there's still something to be said that you get that experience in Paper. There, there's nothing that can recreate the, the experience yeah, of adding against I don't, against know. A I don't
2: think I'd go to play Paper Magic anymore, but I can just sit home and grind really? the ladder on. Yeah, Magic maybe Arita. that's true. Maybe to like pre releases, like once in a while, but if you ask me, hey, do you want to drive half hour each way, play four hours of FM, or, you know, just grind out some quick matches to. To diamond or whatever. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's... Uh,
0: I I do think there's a large percentage of people that do think that way, Richard, but th- there is something still to be said of, like, man, I, I really just want to get out of the house. I don't want to spend, like, five hours playing this. Like, I'd rather play this game with other, like, and just,
2: like, yeah, interact. It's like land parties. Like, they're so <laughs> right. cool, but, like, no one does them. It's just so much work. I'm just gonna <laughs> play some quick matches online. Everyone knows land parties are superior and great, but we just... You have it like once a year at PAX or something, right? Like, It's just too much work normally.
1: (laughs) It's also interesting that like with GPs and stuff, they've moved away from making it so much about just magic and more about uh, the artists and like this convention atmosphere. So maybe that's like part of the big picture that they're thinking. Like the reason to go to a GP isn't because it's the most convenient magic experience, but you get all this stuff that you literally can't have on a digital game.
0: Yes, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely it.
2: All right. We're way over podcast time because <laughs> yes, we're so we overwhelmingly positive on the future of digital magic, except Seth. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move on to we'll fish uh, yeah. be- We're
0: so over. So let's try to get through these as quickly as we can, but uh, we're, we're making an exception because we're all, very, very. There was just positive too much and, uh, news this week. <laughs> so much to cover. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, You'll get there, Seth. <laughs> You'll get there against the odds. Just playing Magic Arena. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have your questions, send them to @mtg_goldfish on Twitter with the hashtag #mtgfishmail. First question: Randon Dark Rider. Do you think, or what do you think about Skyship Plunderer in Standard once Ixlan hits? Uh, synergies with Jace and big creatures.
1: Skyship Plunder. Uh, it's a 2-1 flyer for one in a blue that essentially proliferates when it deals combat damage to a player. You get to put a what? counter I on miss everything. Did uh, It's from Ether Revolt, so it's been around for a long time. It just oh. never has seen play. Uh, it does it's seem, a pirate? It is it a is pirate. It is a pirate. So it seems sweet with Jace, I guess. I'm still not convinced that Jace is something that you're going to want to build your deck around, but... It is cool to add a counter and get more jaces from it. So uh, fun against the odds
0: deck, maybe.
2: The problem oh, is wow. you just you just get more Jace.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. What what does this card do again? Is does it have flying? It does two one It's like flyer. a
2: thrumming bird or something. It basically for when it deals combat damage and it flies for each counter on a permanent, add another counter. So, wow. so you can st- pump up your planeswalkers, give them more loyalty.
0: I really like that.
2: Uh,
0: I do think Jace you is. Also I, like I think Jace, Jace you also is a like good Jace. card to be playing. Empires. <laughs> no, I. I think. Well, yeah. I think. Well. I, Jace in like certain scenarios is, I think, is really good. I think you should be playing Jace like with pirates. We're, I we're think just giving that's you a like hard time. Jace is going to
2: win the pro tour, and it really is. I think it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. Next question, JDHD Seth, <laughs> who's your, who's the best band slash musician you've ever seen live? My favorites are either Slipknot or A Day to Remember.
1: Um. Probably favorite is Ween, but uh, cursive. I saw a couple of cursive shows a long time ago that were super sweet. Uh, so probably one of those two. You saw Ween? Where was Ween? Uh, well, this was a few years ago, two thousand. Oh, was it in New York? Uh, yeah, they were in Rochester actually. <laughs> a few
2: years ago, like really? eight years ago, so <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was a long time ago. But it was still. It was before they stopped playing shows. But
0: ah, uh, yeah, I to the. Person who asked this question. I did see Slipknot live. Also, they they're really good. They were really really good. I was like kind of be like, oh, this like uh, I don't know about this, but they were awesome.
2: All right, next question. C Brown fit. Does a spell Pierce reprint mean foils will get cheaper or more expensive because of standard play?
0: Probably cheaper. Overall, I think cheaper.
1: Yeah, I don't think standard play really drives foil prices that much, which is why like the masterpiece spell pierce buyout or whatever is a little bit, a little bit misguided. I think your standard players aren't going to pay a hundred dollars for a masterpiece spell pierce. <laughs> I don't think.
0: Well, I think those that type of you know the, the, maybe that specific version has a little bit more upside because it again spell pierce is just over so many different formats. So yeah, but yeah, I think it was a little. It was a little crazy that it's reprinted as standard. So let's buy out the invocation. It didn't really make
2: sense. All right, next question: Cycle till Salu. What impact do you think Magic Arena will have on modal prices for older formats? <laughs>
1: see the last twenty minutes of yeah. our podcast. Yes, I'm waiting. I'm taking a wait and see attitude at this point. I think we need more information.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, The Ryan Gaines. Do you think Wizards makes a decent amount of money off Moto? What's stopping them from dropping it like Duels? Uh, Exactly what you said. It's really really great
0: that uh, (laughs) we talked about Magic Arena this week. They do make a lot of money off of it, which is
1: probably the biggest reason that they don't drop it like Duels yet. Wait, wait, wait. What do you think
2: about the fact that they just said, hey, Duels players, say goodbye to your collection (laughs) and we're making Magic Arena and we're just not porting it over?
0: Well. Yeah, that you have that to is, you have to rip the bandaid off at some point,
1: you know. That is concerning because just the way they handled it is definitely concerning. As someone that plays Magic Online, uh, so you never know. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that with Magic Online, but you never know.
2: They should have said, would be, like, hey, Duels yeah. players, we'll get you some stuff on the new platform, and when Arena yeah. launches, give them, like, 100 packs to start or something. I, right? I th-
0: They're g- they're going to have to eventually do something like that. It would be really egregious if they don't do anything.
2: I don't think they're going to do anything. I think everyone's going to forget they about they Duels. No, I,
0: I think they will. I think Duels was, like, Duels was nothing. Like, this is actually, this is... Converting their actual one platform to their actual Oh, you
2: other mean for Moto? They'll, they'll give you something to convert. Yeah,
0: they're going to have to. It, it would be so. The backlash would be unheard of.
2: All right. Uh, again, with Arena, A Floater <laughs> Moz, is it safe now to invest in Moto for modern and standard play? I currently have uh, no account.
0: Probably not
1: standard. I say yes. I think that if there is a my personal take is if there is an impact it's going to be like 5 years in the future. I feel like the time frame is is way in the future when Magic Online could potentially be threatened. But that, I know not everyone on the podcast agrees. Yeah, you I don't think know the five time years, lot, but
2: I think you quicker. can buy into standard, yeah. play standard, and even sell back out and get back out like way before it I, hits I, you. Like, I'd
0: be signing up for that arena beta <laughs> <laughs> before I buy into standard on Mono. Uh, <laughs>
2: uh, T-Laser, surprised you made it to Hascon without any leaks. Real, realistically, will these reprints bring down cards like Mana Drain?
0: Absolutely.
1: I don't think Mana Drain in specific. I think it's in the collectible camp now. Like, maybe a little, but Legends Legends and Before, I think, is just in that it's a collectible, and people want it because of collectibles. But if you look at Ancestral Vision, Cryptic Command, like, those type of cards, yes, it definitely will.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, the Legends, it'll probably be similar. You'll get, like, maybe a tiny discount.
1: Yeah, I think it can go down a little, but I—it's not going to yeah. crash like the modern cards. I don't think yeah. they get reprinted. Yeah, I agree. Good point.
2: All right, Harmon Zachary, would you have gone to Hascon knowing what you know now?
1: Mm, still, probably no. no.
2: I definitely would have gone because you can play really? Magic Arena at Hascon, <laughs> oh. which they decided not to tell anyone until you know, <laughs> really? literally the last second. So, had I known I could play Magic Arena, I definitely would have gone. Yeah. And I could have checked out Flo Rida and Julian <laughs> Edelman. <laughs> but they, they definitely should have said, hey, we're going to demo our new digital product. And I think a lot of people would have gone.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, considering the the Groupon thing, but only because of the Groupon thing. Like, they, were, they considerably discounted the tickets. If they didn't do that, then it would definitely still be a no. I don't care about Magic Duels or Magic Arena. I would just wait for the beta. Yeah, apparently
2: they gave out sets at the anniversary party or whatever. Like, complete sets for Modern. What? Y- yeah. Y- you didn't read this? No, I apparently did not Apparently, in your bag, you got a like a complete set of like a random Modern set for the the VIP party or whatever it was. Wow. So, there were little tidbits and throwouts that they Why didn't advertise. Why would they say
0: this <laughs> They wanted the true fans to
2: come, not the people trying to break the EV.
1: (laughs) I would have got Born of Gods anyway, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's actually, that would have been perfect for you. (laughs) Uh,
2: Queasy all day. Seth, how come you don't do wrap-up videos for Budget Magic like you do for Mucha Brew? Uh,
0: Big reason
1: is Budget Magic, it's a much more in-depth article, so it's kind of a little bit more redundant when Mucha Brew has a much shorter, just kind of bullet point type article.
2: Alright, one epic pug. What's one card rotating from standard you wish saw more play or had a more favorable meta? I'm sad Omnath never worked out.
1: I think it's Gitrog Monster for me. I've always loved Gitrog Monster, and it's just never... It seems... It's it's big, it does cool things, but it just never never managed to find a home in standard,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of actually happy they're all... <laughs> 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 all these sets are leaving <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gold Knight Castigator. I, want, I, I really wish someone would play oh, no, that, all in. That's
0: that saw play for a little while.
2: Barely. Yeah, for, I uh, want a true, I'm like, suicide, right like, let's go. <laughs> like, deck. <laughs> uh, next question. Epic Pug as well. I couldn't sell all my rotating marginal rares like Avison before now. Should I just try to hold a while or or sell now?
1: I think at this point, if the price has already decreased... I'm coming around on just holding stuff because we see so yeah. many of these, like, commander casual spikes now. So you never know when Angel Commander 2019 will be printed and everyone wants <laughs> Avacyn because it's, like, this great upgrade. So if the price is already super low, might as well just hold on to them, I say. Yeah,
0: that's that's definitely true. If if they're so low that it's almost, like, insulting, and you'd rather just keep it at that point. Especially stuff like Avacyn. I I think those are certainly cards... Even above others, like, I would still probably get rid of some stuff. But stuff like Avacyn, I it's just not even worth it at that point to get rid of it. You might as well just keep it.
2: All right, Keho. Now that we have confirmed Iconic Masters cards, when would be the best time to buy in?
1: I think you're still looking at, like, a month or two after set release, yeah. like a typical set. I think that's... uh, It should be, like, a normal Masters set, I think, for the most I- part. I
0: would say that first month... You probably have, like, one or two months where prices will be at their absolute lowest.
2: All right, next question. Desi Nohei, in the age of fast-efficient threats, discard Cavern of Souls, why won't Watsi reprint Counterspell in Modern?
1: Because they'd have to put it in Standard first, based on their their current rules for getting cards into Modern, I think is the big reason. I think Counterspell would be fine in Modern if there was a way to get it there without going through Standard.
2: Yeah, I think it's actually Ah. very balanced in modern. And being blue, blue is a significant cost. That means uh, it's probably going to cost you two life because you're probably going to have to (laughs) get a shock in there. So, but yeah, if they only had a way to put cards directly into modern, like modern masters, conspiracy sets,
0: (laughs) wizards, start using those conspiracy sets.
2: Uh, VSS, (laughs) which rotating cards slash cards will you miss the most? I guess it's kind of similar to the uh, last. Yeah. Any, any last shout-outs?
0: Uh, hmm. No. Tireless Tracker, I thought was... What? I, I'm going to miss that card.
2: So good. We're going to get another busted green creature that draws spells, becomes a late-game yes. finisher. Also a 10-10. <laughs> yes.
1: For 10 me, 10. I'm good with that. <laughs> it's got to be Part the Water Veil. I can't even count the, the number of decks that I built around Part the Water Veil. So <laughs> maybe we'll get a replacement in Ixalan.
0: It it was like, it, I only say Tyra was Tracker because it's, it, it was even better than we gave it credit for when we first saw the card uh, and talked about it on the podcast.
1: Yeah, it ended up being insane. So good. It's so good.
2: I like Archangel Avison, even though she terrorized Standard for a while. <laughs> Still so good. 5-mana 4-4, <laughs> oh, four, four, Flash, for, like you know. so much better than Sarah Angel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, next question. Dez, Calm, tarja. when to buy Liliana the Last Hope for Eternal formats? I'm worried the card will spike after rotation due to the new Planeswalker rule.
0: Yeah, that is a good point. Uh, I, I don't... I think if it was going to spike, it would have probably spiked already. Uh, but I think it still has some room to decrease, even with all that being.
1: Yeah, I think... I think so too. I I would wait till it gets down maybe to under twenty because it's still like thirty now, and I think it will get there. Yeah. So, I would wait a bit longer still.
2: All right, last fish mail, fish mail from longtime listener Tomas. Uh, could you please congratulate my friend Rasho, for finally doing all of his exams? Well, congratulations! Congratulations!
0: Congrats. Congrats. Yes, congrats! Awesome.
2: And that is all our fish mail for this week. Thank you all everyone right, for sending in
0: yeah thank you everyone that was a great way to wrap up such a A plus positive (laughs) podcast that is probably really getting on (laughs) Seth's nerves
1: I'm going to have to take 15 minutes to cry about magic online once we get (laughs) done with
0: this podcast (laughs) thanks for hanging in there Seth Uh, I know this is probably going to be a really hard transitional Uh, time for you (laughs) but uh yeah we love you (laughs) <laughs> oh well, well. Thanks. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll all play. Let's just all play on the beta together. <laughs> we can all just make this like a group, a group uh experience. Are
2: you assuming they'll support more than two player matches, Chaz? Come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I, man,
1: I don't know how there's they can no
0: commander on there.
2: I don't, I don't think know how they fit on
0: the screen. Yeah. No. The, hey, maybe there's no limit to Magic Arena. Maybe they just are going to be releasing it. You know, in <laughs> over the course of a period of time so Moto players just don't just, like, go nuts. What if they go
2: totally old school and they go, like, split screen? They split the screen into four oh. and you gotta, like, land, you gotta, like, bring your Xbox or whatever to your friend's house. Oh my goodness, like Halo. that would be
0: awesome. <laughs> Goldeneye. Yeah. I remember doing that for Goldeneye. Alright, Um. thanks everyone for tuning in. That is gonna wrap it up for this week. A lot to cover. Uh, Yeah, totally went over the time, but I hope everyone enjoys it. The longer cast. We will do this again next week. This is going to be the MTG Goldfish Crew signing out. We will see you all next time.